according to the World Health Organization, 60% of all the deaths in the world are due to disease. Disease or illness plays a huge, a very significant part in our world, as well as our own lives. If you looked at the attendance figure from this morning, if you have looked around tonight, you know that we have a lot of people who are typically here but not present today because they are sick. As we look at diseases and as we look at sickness and uh, related issues, we find that some diseases are common, others are not. A few here may have heard of the human werewolf syndrome. Now that is an actual disease, the people who have human werewolf syndrome are people who have excessive hair. There's also blue skin disorder. Now, I've not seen anybody uh, that actually has this. It's less common than it was several years ago, but they're actually blue people. And they refer to these people as blue people. A lot of it was in Kentucky, I guess, but they had skin that was blue or plum or even purple. You might find the next disease to be hard to believe, but there is actually something called vampire's disease. Those with this affliction, if they are out in the sun, if they're exposed to the sun, they incur some very serious consequences due to exposure from the sun. As we look at our time, we see people have common colds and upper respiratory infections and sometimes some of the strange things. But what about people from the past? What about people hundreds and thousands of years prior to this time? Did they also struggle with disease? Well, the answer to this question is yes. If we open up the Bible from the book of Genesis... Onward, we find that human beings have often struggled with disease. In some cases, people have struggled with disease because it was a punishment from God. The last few weeks, we've been studying some things from Exodus chapter 9. And we had, at least in one of those lessons, some information um, based on the boils. The Bible talks about that plague and God sent boils on the people. But we find as we look at the Bible, there have been some other cases concerning disease where people suffered some serious illness. But that serious illness, the serious disease, was not in any way so associated with divine punishment. Tonight, we want to think about the subject of disease. Look at what the Bible has to say about it in some respects. And then we want to look at sickness and disease and offer some practical points. Now, as we think about disease, I think it's important to define it. What do we mean when we talk about an illness? What do we mean when we refer to the word disease? Well, this is probably not the most technical definition. A doctor may not use it, but this is my definition. By disease, I mean that there is some part or there is some system associated with the body that does not operate as it should. So that should be a fairly comprehensive definition that fits tonight's lesson. When we think about some part of the body or some system in the body not working as it should, we can go back to some Old Testament verses which relate to women. You may remember from Genesis 16, verse 1, the Bible says that Abraham was married. And the name of his wife was Sarai, or, or uh, Sarah, depending on where you are in the Old Testament. And Genesis 16, verse 1 says that this woman, Sarah, she was not able to bear any children for Abraham. Genesis 11, verse 30 is even more specific. That passage comes right out and says, Sarai, or Sarah, was barren. Now, I can think of no passage in the Bible which says that Sarah in her barren state, suffered any physical pain. There's no indication at all that I can find of that. There is no indication, as Sarah was in this barren state, that her barrenness caused her some difficulty when it came to movement. There's no indication that the lack of um, um, being able to be pregnant was something that somehow interfered with her mobility. But there was a part of her body that failed to function, it failed to work as it should, and it frustrated her. We know she was so frustrated by this that she made some alternative arrangements when it came to children. The life of Sarah, Genesis 11, Genesis 16, tells us that not every disease 
limits our physical movement. Not every illness, if you will, is physically painful. But there are some diseases, there are some illnesses which are physically painful. In Exodus 9, verses 9 and 10, a passage that we've already in some respects uh, covered from a different perspective, we read about boils. There was this plague. God said that boils would come upon not only people, the Egyptians, but these boils would also come upon animals. And this is not the only time that we read about people suffering from boils. You may remember that King Hezekiah, in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 7, he struggled with a boil. Job, he had boils, head to foot, Job 2, verse 7. When it comes to disease... The Bible tells us that that illness may hurt. It may be a very painful thing. The pain may be so great that as we experience that, it might be so painful that it even struggles. It's even a struggle to put on clothing. For example, if we have a boil, like we find in the book of Job and 2 Kings and Exodus chapter 9, verses 9 through 10, that boil, if it's on a shoulder, if it's on the back, if it's on the chest area, it might be painful to just put on clothing. We might be afraid that that clothing is going to pop the boil. Some of the diseases experienced by humanity are really outside our control. I once had an uncle, and he loved mushrooms. I don't. Otherwise, I might not have minded the trip. But he wanted some help to go out into the woods and find some mushrooms. So he drug us all over. It seemed like we walked a whole state park. I was not all that enthused about the trip. I wasn't close to the uncle, but he wanted some help. And I guess my parents decided that I needed to be out of the house. So uh, he was allowed to drag me through the woods, and I got poison ivy. Only had poison ivy one time in my life, and that was it. And I got it. I really got it. I was just covered from head to toe. Now, I didn't want to go on that trip. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't find the poison ivy. I just kind of followed him and did what he told me to do. But of no fault, from no fault of my own, I ended up with an illness, with a disease. Some sickness can occur because of someone else. But, you know, it's also possible as we look at the Bible to find cases where sickness occurs because someone did something they should not have done. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 28, verses 27 and 28, and tonight the references are going to be referenced instead of read. But in Deuteronomy 28, verses 27 and 28, we have some information about disease. God told his people that if they went down the wrong road, if they involved themselves in activities which were sinful, God says you're going to face some consequences. You are going to bring upon yourselves some very awful afflictions. A paraphrase of these two verses is this. He will send upon you the Egyptian boils, tumors, scurvy, and itch. And then he says this, for none of which there shall be a remedy. God says if you choose to go down the road of sin, he says I'm going to send some very awful diseases upon you. And God said there is not going to be a remedy. There is not going to be a fix for these diseases. And then in verse 28, the text says, He will send madness, blindness, fear, and panic upon you. Now, as some people have looked at Deuteronomy 27 and 28, and this is not universal, but there are some people that as they look at the words in Deuteronomy 28, 27 and 28, they believe, they argue, that we have here some information related to sexually transmitted diseases. Now, we know that in our time, STDs are rampant. They're almost an expected part of life in America. And as we think about STDs, we are dealing with a disease. We are dealing with a disease that's not like being, being drugged through the woods by my uncle. Here we're dealing typically with something that people have done something contrary to God's will. They've engaged in a sinful activity. And this disease, this illness, is something that befalls them. A related verse is found in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 17. Now, most translations of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 17, we use the word gangrene. If, however, you have the New King James translation, 
or you go back and you look at this word as far as the uh, Greek text, you have translations which range from gangrene to cancer. Now you may not think the word cancer ever occurs in the Bible, but this word can be understood as cancer. And it is rendered or translated cancer in the New King James translation. Well, how can a person get cancer? Well, again, there are some cases where a person has not done anything that would be labeled sinful that can be connected to the cancer, but there are some people, there are some cases where cancer can be related to some activity that was not wise. My dad used to smoke, and he used to smoke a lot. Pipe smoker, cigarette smoker, and my dad died a couple of years ago because of lung cancer. If we're a Christian, or someone who's interested in spiritual things, and we smoke, it would be wise, it would be helpful to give some consideration to this activity as far as what it's doing to our body. We, as we look at life, can seek to get away from that practice, to put it away, to stop it, because if for no other reason, it's an activity that can really hurt, really damage our body. In the younger years, young people can make some choices that will have an impact, a significant impact on their health years later. In the middle years, people can make some choices in life. They can do some things which will impact their health. And even in the later years, people can make some choices which may inflict some form, maybe multiple diseases upon them. Some of the diseases that people end up with in life are short-term. They're cured, they are fixed, and other people find that they have a disease, they see that they have an illness which is long-lasting. Thinking about a disease that's short-lasting, we might turn to the book of Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. Again, I'm just going to reference a passage. But if you were to turn there, you would find that Peter had a mother-in-law. Peter was married. Some people say he wasn't, but uh, the Bible, if you have a mother-in-law, you're married. So Peter was uh, married. And his mother-in-law, the Bible says, had a fever. The fever was so great that she was not able to get up and do the things that she was normally able to do. So they besought Jesus to heal the fever. That was done. Before that happened, Peter's mother-in-law was resting, but after the Lord treated that fever, that turned out to be a temporary thing. Don't know how long it lasted. Maybe days. Could have lasted maybe a couple of weeks. But it was a temporary thing. It did not last months or years. But as we look at other situations in the Bible, we find perhaps that they're not permanent. But it is a health issue. It is a disease that lasts for an extended period. If we were to turn over to the book of Matthew, the next chapter, Matthew 9, verse 20. We read there of a woman that most of us, I think, are familiar with. It is the woman who had an issue of blood. The Bible says she had this issue of blood for a dozen years. That's a long time. More than a decade. And yet, even though this was an extended period of time, several years, she was cured of this situation. As people struggle with disease, their lives might be affected in a variety of ways. Most people would say, well, I'm sick, and that's not a very convenient thing for me. Disease can also drastically change a person's life. This is illustrated, I think, by the life of Lazarus. You may remember that famous story in Luke chapter 16, verse 20. Jesus there introduces us to two people. There's a rich man and there's Lazarus. As he talks about Lazarus in Luke chapter 16, he says he was sick. The Lord related how Lazarus was someone who was full of sores. Maybe the image is open wounds. The Bible also says in Luke 16, as it details the information about Lazarus, that he was laid at the gate of a rich man. Now this man, likely due to his medical issues, was a beggar. We know at least that much about him. Now it's one thing to be sick. It's one thing to be very sick. It's one thing to be very sick for a long time, but imagine, if you will, being so sick, so diseased, that someone has to pick you up and actually put you in a particular location. That's pretty bad. This was the state of Lazarus. 
His state was so bad, his illness was so bad, the basic necessities of life were not readily available, so the Bible says that he desired the crumbs from the table of someone who had great food. In the Bible, sickness and disease are definitely associated with the unpleasant part of life. And as we look at the people in this room tonight, each one of us will somehow, if we've not yet been affected by sickness and disease, we will be. But you know, as we think about sickness and disease from the standpoint of Christianity, we have some good news. We have some really good news. The first piece of good news when it comes to medical issues is that all disease is temporary. If you were to go back to the 16th chapter of Luke, you would find again that this man was laid at a certain place. Don't know how often he was laid there. Maybe he was laid there daily. Maybe not. But as I think about him, I'm reminded of another sick man. Acts 3 verse 2. And it's kind of interesting to compare the two. In Acts 3 verse 2, the Bible says, Luke the doctor says that there was this fellow. He was lame. And Acts 3 2 says he was not only lame, he'd been lame for a long time. He had been lame since his mother's womb. Imagine that. Having a difficulty walking from the, basically the moment that we're born. And Dr. Luke in Acts 3 verse 2 says that this man was carried daily. Imagine that. Being so sick, having such limited mobility that someone has to carry us every single day. This was the state this man was in. Now, I don't know how long, moving back to Luke 16 for just a moment, Lazarus had been sick. How long was he laid at the man's gate by people? Was it days? Maybe. Was it weeks? Maybe. Was it months? Was it years? Was it maybe most of his life? The Bible doesn't tell us. We simply know that he was a beggar, and we simply know that he was so sick people had to move him. And yet, as we look at the situation, especially in Luke 16, Luke 16 verse 25 says a time came in Lazarus' life when he was comforted. Physical ailments, as we look at them, especially the severe sicknesses that we see in life, they're distressing. And they are a real pain, literally and physically. But you know, as we look at the story in Luke 16, God has a message for us. If we're someone who's suffering from a serious illness, from some kind of disabling disease, God says to those who are his people, it's not going to last. It's temporary. You might have your disease like Peter's mother-in-law for, again, we don't know how long it was, it was temporary, but for the sake of illustration, God says you might have your disease for five days. You might have your disease for 50 years. But God's message is, do not let that disease define you. Do not let that disease rule your life, because it will not last. For at least 2,000 years, Lazarus has not had to worry about finding food for his belly. And it's also the case that as we look at Lazarus, for at least 2,000 years, he's not had any mobility issues. Once he left this life, he never needed to find somebody else to move him again. Never again did he have to experience those sores that we read about in Luke chapter 16. The Christian, as we look at him or her, gets to leave the physical problems associated with this life behind. Every time we suffer, every time we have a disease, whether it is short-term or long-term, we need to remember that there's an afterlife. And God not only offers a way out of sin, but God also, as we look at his offer, extends to his people an invitation to enter into a state at the appropriate time where all the physical problems associated with this life cease. This morning, if you were here, we did a rather detailed study of Colossians 3, verse 17, starting with the idea of the Lord Jesus in the middle of that verse. The Lord has the power to heal people of any disease. He demonstrated that while he was on the earth. 
And in some cases, people have significant diseases in this life and the Lord allows them to be cured. But there are other cases where in God's plan, people are allowed to suffer. Sometimes allowed to suffer horribly. But that suffering stops in the hereafter. After death, every righteous person, without exception, every single one, receives a pain-free and a joyous existence. For those who are in daily pain, and there are some people here who are in that state, we know some others who suffer on a daily basis. This is a promise that needs to comfort us and comfort them. The second piece of good news is based on the fact that Jesus established his church, Matthew 16, verse 18. And it is in this spiritual body, the Lord says, Romans 12, verse 15, for the people who are rejoicing, you rejoice with them. And Jesus, in describing this to Paul, knew that not everybody was going to have good circumstances in life. So in the latter part of Romans 12, verse 15, the Bible there says, you weep with those who weep. You're going to have some people in a local congregation who seem to have it well. Seems to be going great. And then you're going to find some people who are not doing so well. When a person loses a loved one to death, and that happens, or when someone is going through a very difficult time because of suffering, well, there's some things that we can't change. We may not have the power to um, see that that person is cured of the medical problem. We certainly cannot bring back the one who's died. But the church is a place where people can come together and offer consolation and comfort to those who are hurting because of either a physical problem or because they've lost someone they love. Now, the world recognizes that this is a very valuable thing. If you look at almost any society uh, or any um, um, county or any place in our uh, society as far as the American, uh, the uh, U.S. is concerned, America, uh, you will find a support group. Support group is available for almost anything. Sometimes it's an addiction, sometimes it's grief, sometimes it's because people suffer, but the world says we need support groups. We need to realize the world didn't come up with the idea of a support group. That's God's idea. And God said, I'm going to create a support group. I'm going to create the best support group that's ever going to be found on the earth. And it's going to be the church that Christ built. Here people can come together, and even though they may have all kinds of differences, and they may be very distinctive in many ways, God says, it's here that my people can find comfort. It's here that my people can find consolation. Point three. As we think about good news and sickness, we must consider the fact that in illness, disease can sometimes result in some good things. My sister, as most know, got sick, really sick a couple of years ago, but there was some good news. Before she contracted a couple of rare diseases, there were some people who got sick before she did. Those people who got sick prior to her, and this is true for some other illnesses as well, those people who got sick prior to her time, help make continued life for her possible. The illness, the disease that we suffer from may help others. We may not like it. We may not want to think about it. But sometimes because of our illness, we can help others. As a young preacher, I can remember how I was often inspired by an older brother. He was probably 35 or 40 years older than I was, maybe not quite that old. And I was inspired every time we had services, even in the winter months. Regardless of what things were like outside, this brother was there 99% of the time. If you were to look at him as he sort of walked, it was a very jagged kind of walk, you would say, oh, that looks so painful. And I'm sure that each step for him was a challenge. I know because this man told me that when he got ready to come on a Sunday or Wednesday, it took him hours, hours to come. 
And he wasn't trying to attire himself as we might think of a lady trying to do the makeup and the hair and everything else. His movement was so restricted. Movement for him was so difficult and so painful, it took him hours, literally, to get ready for worship. In the book of John, chapter 11, verse 4, we read about Lazarus, not the same Lazarus in uh, Luke 16, but uh, Lazarus related to Mary and uh, Martha. This Lazarus was sick. And as Jesus heard this news, he made a strange comment about this situation involving Lazarus. Jesus said that Lazarus' sickness, his illness, was somehow going to glorify God. Well, I appreciate that information because it's practical information for us. Some of the greatest personal examples that we might see in our Christian life may come from people who are sick. It's possible, and certainly it has happened, that some of the people who have been the most influential, the people who have been the most helpful to others, in at least some circumstances, were ill. They suffered from some terrible disease. And as they looked at that personal struggle and thought, wow, I'm going through this, and just what purpose is that serving? Well, sometimes it serves a great purpose. A sick person can sometimes influence ways, influence in ways that a healthy person, a person who doesn't have that degree of sickness, may not be able to do. When we get sick, if we struggle with a lifelong issue, we need to remember that as we live our life, we might help someone along the way who really needs aid. A fourth piece of news, good news when it comes to sickness, is that it may save our soul. Over the years, I've heard several times, and I know some of us have heard similar statements, where a person says, my life was out of control. I'd made some bad choices, and my life was just spinning wildly, and had things not changed, the ending would not have been good. The Bible tells us that God has sometimes used sickness to help people realize that they're on the wrong wrong road. And that sickness, that illness, has brought people back to the right path. King Hezekiah, 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 and 2. 2 Kings 20 verse 1 says Hezekiah was sick. And this wasn't that fever that goes away in a few days. It wasn't that respiratory infection that may hang on a few days. I mean, he was really sick. And in that state, the Bible says he turned to God. He uttered a prayer, a really significant prayer. Disease has, in some cases, turned people away from God, but in many cases, it's also turned people back to God. And there will surely be some people in heaven who will be there because they were sick. Had they been able to live a life where they possessed normal health, and again, we're not saying that this is true for everybody, but there have been some cases where people, because of a sickness, they have been turned back to God. And that illness, that disease, will cause their soul to be saved eternally. Is it not better to be ill for a time and be saved than have good health or relatively good health for 50, 60, 70 years and spend eternity in hell? The answer to that question is obvious. Our fifth and our final piece of good news is that illness can make sure that we have our priorities right. Sickness has caused some people to abandon materialism. person who is thinking about material things, I want more and I've got to have more and I've got to have this, this, and this. They've gotten sick. And as they struggled with that serious disability or disease, all of a sudden they began to realize what's important. Sickness has been cured by materialism. Or materialism has been cured by sickness. Let's get that right. Then as we think about some additional things related to this uh, fifth point, serious illness has also caused some people to realize that life is short and eternity is before them. People were going strong and they were thinking everything is great and they gave no thought to God. But when they got sick, they realized they're vulnerable. They realized that life is not all that long. Some who have gotten sick have finally learned to be more compassionate. 
more loving, more caring. Others were filled with pride, but when they got sick, they were humbled. And they began to realize just how grateful they are for the things that they possess in life. We often think of sickness as a bad thing, but the Bible shows us that that, that, uh, is not always true. We may not be among the 60% of people who die because of a disease. We may die for some other reason. But there are some things associated in this world that we'd like associated with this world that we want to leave behind. Christians, and really I think all people, but especially Christians, want not just a good life, but they want the best life. And the Bible says the best life comes by knowing Christ. That's why Jesus said in John 10, I've come not only to give life, but I've come to give the abundant life. We might be sick. We might be disabled. We might have an illness that's painful, but the Bible says we can have the abundant life. Waking up every day, knowing that you're a Christian. Waking up every day knowing that one day we can leave this life behind because we've been faithful to God. We've been faithful as far as his plan to become a Christian, we believed. And we remembered what Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 3, if we don't repent, we're going to perish. We confess Christ as Lord, and then finally we took that last step. We were baptized into Christ, Galatians 3.27, so our sins could be forgiven, Acts 2, verse 38. And we continued that road of faithful Christian living. Maybe as a sick person, maybe as someone who was relatively healthy, but we knew where our eternal home was, and we committed ourselves to Christ every single day. That great promise, that great home, that great reward is available to us if we'll become a Christian and if we'll live faithfully. If we've got that promise, let's stay in that road because life is indeed short, whether we're healthy or whether we're not. If we're not yet on that road tonight, we have at least one more chance to get on that road, to be a Christian, to live in the right way. And then at the end of time, hear those great words from Matthew 25. Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What a great promise. Is that promise one? That tonight, if the Lord would return, we would be able to claim. Let's consider that as we stand and sing this selected song.